outside of God, there is no light. That everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is the definition of inspired. When you allow the love of God, the truth of God, the salvation of God to illuminate your darkness, you become a light to a dark world. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That is an invitation to be inspired. It's an invitation to no longer live our lives in the dark or halfway in the shadows. And when the prison walls of our darkness fall in our life, to the light of Christ, we become what he is. We become light. This is a central concept that I think that we are missing in our dumbed-down vision of modern consumer Christianity. I want to get back to the Word of God. As your shepherd, I want to prepare you for, for your you know, face-to-face with the over-shepherd, Jesus, so that you are living in the truth now that will serve you well then. And if you are a believer and Christ is light, then so are you. If he is, you are inspired. When something of God, something of God, and God is infinite, so it can be anything, but when something of God ignites something in us, something starts to burn in us, something different, and, and in us uh, there is uh, this, this flame that starts to burn that not only consumes the dark, but, but illuminates uh, not only our inner world, but illuminates the world to people around us. Inspired is anything which points to the light of of God's glory beyond this broken world. I don't know if you've ever seen those clouds, those days when the rays of light are shining through the clouds and and they're they're just columns and they're just beams of light breaking through. That's inspired. And that's what happens in you when when you allow Christ to illuminate, and you become the light. Inspired is anyone so giving up their agenda on earth that the rays of God's purpose in Christ begin to shine through and break through their own darkness, that it also begins to illuminate the darkness of other broken human beings around them. So there's inspired and there's uninspired. There's two categories of uninspired, and I can kind of illustrate this with with the phone. This is uninspired category number one. This is lostness. This is when we refuse to allow the light of Christ into our lives and, and we remain in darkness. And we will not allow the beauty of Christ to illuminate us. We just say no. Because again, remember, you can't force love. You can't force relationship. That is something ungodly and illegal. Um, And you can't force people to be with you. So there's this invitation given that is on every level of our existence on earth. Every level. The the scripture says that that the heavens declare the glory of God. Paul says in Romans that that all of us are without excuse. Because, uh, you you know, who God is is known from what God's made. So everything around us is is shouting the invitation to come to love and be loved. But we choose, uninspired, the dark, to be our own false God 
and our own source of no light. Again, outside the God, there's no light um, and, and there's formless and void. I have been created by the light of God in, in his image. I reject his leadership in my life. I return to formless and void. And, and I also return to darkness. And I return to trying to illuminate my life with my own no light. And then the other category of inspired is, is where many of us are. Um, and that is to where like, like we're, we're kind of like here. But, but our, our light is, is just like barely on. And, and yes, I believe, but I'm really overwhelmed by my problems and my, my pain and my issues and what other people think of me and my fears and my finances. There's a, there's a big one there. And, and yes, I, I, I know Jesus, but, but my wife or my husband or my kids or what my father did to me or what my mother did to me or, or how people treat me and, and, and all of these other things are, are these this storm of darkness that keeps raging in our lives. And, and again, guys, I want you to understand very carefully, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm describing the struggle of, of most of our lives, and I'm describing also where, where I too often live. And, and what God wants from us um, is, is to move from this place to where we are like uninspired to, to the place to where like, the light comes completely on. And, and what, I, what I want you to understand is that there's this whole range of, of possibilities. So, so here we are, um, you know, in, in life. And, and, and over here is, is, is Jesus calling us forward. And, and over here is, is our, our pain and, and our, our woundedness. And everybody has it. Everybody has woundedness. Everybody has pain. And, and if we were to measure these things, some, some of our pain, and again, please understand, you should not compare your pain to other people. That's a, that's a bad self-centered move that really kind of establishes you as, as God, which newsflash, you're not. Um, your, your pain can be right here. Or, you know, and... And there may be amazing good things, but, but, but here you are uh, in life, and I know, my art skills, even I am amazed and uninspired by them. Um, <laughs> they did not get better, Lanny. They did not. Uh, or, or, or your woundedness can be here. And I mean, it can just be huge and, and, and horrible things and painful things. The irony is that, that you can have uh, in your life a, a smaller amount of pain and it's still the direction of your life. You, you should be moving forward, but you keep looking back. Or you can have, you know, by, by the other token, you know, you you can have a huge amount of pain that should have your focus, but, but you instead are, are looking forward. You're, you're captured by Christ. And, and so the question for us all is, where is the energy of our lives? Um, believers who are more focused on their wounding and their pain and their life in this world than they are on, are on the life of Christ and their salvation, they are, are living uninspired lives. 
because you're like consumed by the stuff going on in, in your life. You know, uh, for those of you who are like Mac users, you know, the little beach ball, you know, that, that spins, um, can spin for a variety of reasons, but often it's because like there's some program that's, that's locked and running and it's consuming all of the processing power of the, you know, the computer. And for many of us, that's where we are in our pain. Something's got us locked. Something's got us focused. It's got our attention. It's the defining reality of our lives. And because of that, even though we are believers, we are living uninspired lives because this has our focus and not the light and the love of of Jesus Christ. Guys, where's the energy of your life coming from? Is it coming from your insecurity, your fear, your ego, your wounding? Or is the energy of your life coming from the endless love of your heavenly father? The reality is, we're all going to live from the devastation of our wounding. And I'm telling you that, that just being born in this world, it's crazy you know, I, again, I came from a, a family devastated by alcoholism. Um, Marsha came from a family that looked like Leave It to Beaver. But the crazy thing, I'm serious, like they ate together every day. It's like, what? They had dessert. How many of y'all grew up having dessert every day? Y'all are wonderful. That's, we had dessert at like Christmas and Thanksgiving or something, you know, or whatever, but but I mean, like, seriously, and, and birthdays, yeah. Um, you had birthdays? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to walk uphill to school both ways. I heard family members actually say that, you know. The point is that the broken in my family, although measurable in more obvious ways, was no more than the broken in her family. Why? Because the smallest amount of broken is, is devastating. Being separated from your creator, living in the dark, living in your own wounding is devastating. And this broken world is not only, you know, um, declared its independence from God, in its brokenness, it breaks things. And culturally, we, we break things. And sin works its way out in, in so many, every arena of, of life. Culturally, we are broken. Racism, um, you know, uh, you know our, our prejudice against immigrants. I mean, there, there's, there's a million ways in which, which our brokenness continues to spread the darkness of uninspired through the world. It's like shock waves. And, and this can easily, will easily become the energy of your life until Jesus. So what are you living from? The devastation of your woundedness, the pain of your woundedness, or the inspiration of your healing, your salvation in Jesus Christ? Let me define for you, inspiration is a three-part journey. And we're going to weave these themes and, and fill up these, these, you know, these um, places in the ice trays. We talked last week until they all connect. Inspiration is a three-part journey. The first part is about hearing what God says, all right? And, and this comes in a, in a variety of ways. The, the second part is about trusting what God says. 
Because, because we are exposed to what God says and our heart instantly kind of goes one or two directions. It's like, our, our, you know, the walls come up and the shields come up and we begin to deflect and defend and, and, and sort of put our, our fingers in our ear. Or something in us begins to allow the darkness to be pushed back and at least the possibility of hope and love begin to rise a little bit and, and I decide, do I trust my Heavenly Father's love for me? Do I trust this Jesus character? And so, so trusting is the second part of the journey and, and then the third part of the journey is doing what God says. And, and these are the three parts of the journey that define inspired hearing what God says, trusting what he says, taking it inside, and then doing what God says, letting it come outside. And so the message today is foundational for, for the entire series. It's what I want, um, what God wants for me, for you, for us as a church, for the family of the church that's ever run. Um, and that is this, to be inspired, to live inspired lives in this broken world, to move in your life from a focus on your wounding and your pain to your healing and your salvation, to turn and focus on Jesus in a way that, that allows the darkness to, to recede and the light to flood your life. And, and as you allow the light of Christ to shine on you, you become the light that he is. So shift your focus from the pain of your wounding to the joy of your healing, the joy of your salvation. David prayed in Psalm 51, 12, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I've lost it. I've been consumed by, by my own darkness, my own sin. This was in reference to, to his his. You know, his uh, no-light journey to, towards Bathsheba. Taking his pain not to God, but to, to another empty human being. Only producing more, more death and more darkness. So y'all need to hang around Lanny a little bit. I'm going to pick on him today. Lanny has two words that if you communicate with him, you're going to hear. You know what they are? First one is stay. The second one is Focused. So Lanny, just say it for us right now. There you go. It, it's hard. Doggone it, Lanny, don't tell him that. No, that's the true gospel. It's all hard to do. It's all hard to do. Life, heaven is coming, but this isn't it. So, so you have a choice. Oh, Pastor Drew, I can just be inspired. Well, thank you for making my life. Say, no, don't, don't mock it. But, but be open. Because the simple truth is, you don't have a choice in and of yourself. In Christ, you do have a choice. God in his infinite love has given each one of us uh, the possibilities of recreation. Before he spoke, we didn't exist. He spoke us into existence, we became. We declared our independence, we became dark. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, and those living in the, the, the shadow of darkness, in the land of deep darkness, have seen a light, and now, now we can become the light that he is. The creator has recreated. And today, you don't have to leave like you came in. 
You can shift the focus. The energy of your life can be drawn not from the pain of your wounding, your insecurity, your hurt, what people have done to you, said to you, not done for you. But your focus can shift to Jesus, Son of God, the Savior of the world, and and the joy of salvation that, that is yours. Today, I want to tell you an inspired story from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. It's a story that begins really with the feeding of the 5,000, uh, which happened right after Jesus lost the, the, you know, Jesus only really had a couple of people on earth who understood even a glimpse of who he was, his mom and his cousin, John. We call him John the Baptist. Um, John has just been beheaded. So, so the message is, you know, that, that, that Satan is coming hard after the light and, and lying to say, I have the power to, to shut it down. Jesus uh, goes out with his disciples and, and, and begins a story that we're going to get to, which ends up with Jesus kind of walking on the water with, with Peter in a few verses. And so, in this story of inspired that invites us to hear, and invites us to tr- invites us to trust, and invites us to do what God says, you and I need to understand that there's a world of inspiration outside the static of our own thinking. Right? Again, there's there's a, a universe of crazy between this ear and this ear, and not just with me. Okay. <laughs> there's a whole world of crazy and and a, and a lot of static and a lot of noise. But when we go to the Word of God, there is a world of inspiration inside the Bible, if you can hear it. And, and this is the whole life of Jesus. In, in this event, Jesus is teaching, the inspired Son of God is teaching to inspire, and people come to Him, and they're hungry, and, and Jesus asks, um, you know, and He, and he says, hey, um, this is a remote place, um, you know, and the disciples say, we need to send them away. This is their ecstatic thinking. We need to send them away so they can find food. And Jesus says, you don't need to send them away. You give them something to eat. Um, that's not my thinking. That's not in the realm of human possibility. We have only five loaves of bread, two fish. Bring it here to me. And he directed the people to sit down and, and fed 5,000. So, so Jesus inspiring us to realize, wait a minute, I'm no longer limited by my own resources. And, and what I think is the limits of possibility has been exploded by the love of God. When I give my little to Father, He takes it and makes it glorious. He reveals glory. And so, in my thinking, I may think I don't have enough, I'm not enough, I can't. This this story explodes those unrealities with the inspiration of, of my, my given becomes God's glory. And so for, for those of us who are here struggling in this world, I, I want to re-invite you in 2020 to read the Word of God and, and to not stay stuck in the static of your thinking because there's a whole world of inspiration in here. Now, I want to also be careful with inspiration. I want to tell you that inspiration is, is rarely um, the flashy, huge, spectacular, um, you know, things that, that we think of truly inspired, right? Because honestly, sometimes in spiritual things, we often go to kind of cartoonish realities, 
and, and I think we do that because then we can be disconnected from that and say, oh, I could never reach that. But I want to tell you, inspired is, is less often the spectacular um, and more often the subtle and, and inspired often works in, in, in some way where something of God ignites something in you that, that forces somebody else to ask, why? why? Why are you nice to me? Why did you do that for me? Or why would you do that? Here, here's what inspired looks like. Um, the, the scripture says, um, immediately in verse 22, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Verse 23, Matthew 14, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. Jesus, after exhausting himself teaching all day long, goes up onto the side of a mountain in the dark and prays to his heavenly father. Hour after hour after hour until just before sunrise. Now, I don't know about you, but I like me some sleep. And if I'm thinking often about what's important to my tomorrow, um, my flesh is going to argue a thousand times for, for sleeping and resting over praying and crying out to God. Why would someone do this? Because God... Because Jesus valued um, life in his father's presence more than he valued being asleep in bed. That was inspired. It's not flashy. Uh, it's not, there's no lightning bolts above it or anything else. It's just an action where after teaching all day, something of God ignited something in Jesus and he was inspired just to go be with him for the night. So don't just categorize inspired as, you know, uh, lightning bolts and, and thunder. But sometimes it is pretty spectacular. <laughs> and sometimes inspired, because inspired can be anything and everything. It's anything that points to or reveals um, the God of, of glory. And, and sometimes it is pretty spectacular. Um, in, in verse uh, 24, the scripture goes on to say that the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Wow. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, and they said, it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. Now, the reality is that that Jesus was inspired to take the shortest path to his disciples. And, and in your life and in my life, a part of our faith is that, that God has allowed your life to unfold as it, it has and is moving in your life in, in the way that he is because he's taking the most effective path into your life into the revelation of who he is so that you, you can know him and, and love him. And in this case, we all know from geometry, the shortest place, uh, shortest way between two points is a straight line. Jesus just simply made a straight line to his disciples. I honestly wonder if Jesus was saying, you know what, I think I'm gonna show off to the disciples and I think I'm gonna walk me on some water. I just think Jesus wanted to be with them. 
And, and the quickest way to do that after spending all night in prayer was to take a walk. And the fact that this was impossible really didn't matter because it wasn't. And I want you to be, and I to be inspired in our living on planet Earth to realize that what we think is impossible really isn't. Amen. We serve a God to whom nothing is impossible. He is the God who calls that which is not as though it was. Because with him it is. He is. <laughs> and so, so in the same way, I want you to know that God is committed to taking a direct path into your life. You may not be able to see it. Your heart may be distrusting of some of the things that he's doing so that, that you're not open to it. Your eyes may be closed to the light that is shining upon you, but in spite of your pain, in spite of your hardship, in spite of your aloneness and your apartness, in spite of the rejection that you and I have felt, the love of God, the rays of his light are, are shining brilliantly on you, inviting you to come in, to come home. And the wind was against them. You know, the crazy thing about wind is wind, um, it's invisible, right? But yes and no, it, wind invisible still, I mean, it really kind of captures the senses. It's loud. My, my um, you know, bed is right next to a window, and, which is right next to a big tree. And when it's, when it's blowing strong outside, it is loud, you know, I throw a pillow over my head and make it go away. It's also visual. When it's, when it's windy, I mean, you can see the wind's effects. And here are the disciples in the boat um, and, and, and the, the, the Sea of Galilee. It's a big, 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 big lake. And, and I'm just telling you, this was a full sensory experience. This was a frightening, uh, a frightening morning in, in the boat. Could easily do so. And there have been a lot of times in my life when in, in my wounding and my pain, I've just felt like, man, the wind is always blowing against me. You know? Um, I, I, I have on my arm three, the three lies of, of my brokenness. Unwanted, unblessed, unknown. Actually, I have the opposite of those three things on, on my arm. Blessed, wanted, and known. But, 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 but the feeling is that, that, that it's just always hard, it's just always difficult, and, and I guess the feeling behind that is it's never going to change. Those are lies from hell. But it is the reality of our broken world. The wind was against them. And it's the natural state, wounded in the dark, battered by forces that we can't control, and then the light of heaven breaks through. Jesus walks through the darkness and they see him. But instead of being responsive in faith, they respond in fear and they, they completely misinterpret who God is. It's a ghost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they, they, they cast the, the light of heaven as the work of hell and they are terrified. But in Peter's life, there is something of God that inspired, ignited something in him. And, and, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you. There's this, this battle going on in his heart with trust, but trust rises as he hears Jesus. If it's you, call me out. And, and the reality is that, that Jesus says, take courage. It's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. Where did that come from? 
Nobody's ever said that before. Peter just made that up. It's wonderful. He was inspired. And this is what an inspired life looks like. It acts in ways that give God glory. It acts in ways that that point to trust. It acts in ways that are atypical and unexpected, that, that make people ask why. And at the conclusion of that question why, there's Jesus. There's the glory of God. And, and so, so, you know, Peter hears what God says, he trusts what God says, and then he does what God says, comes, and so Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks on water. <laughs> Man, he becomes the second person in all of human history to, 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 to do this. It's amazing. And so, all of the limits of human life are, are eradicated in, in the glory of God. So... So there was Peter inspired, and there was, I don't know how many other people in the boat. I don't know who all was in the boat, 11 others? I I don't know. But they were radically uninspired. And their lives and hearts were captured, although they were, quote, believers, their lives and hearts were captured by looking back towards the wind and the waves and the, the pain and the uncertainty, the things they didn't like and couldn't control in their lives, and that had captured their attention in the storm. One person lost sight of all of the broken and all of the uncertainty and all of the bad and, and for a moment was locked on Jesus. Everything else faded. And he walks out of the boat onto impossible. Guys, what do you see when you look at your life? Seriously, when you think about your life, what, what do you see? Do you see your pain, your wounded, your broken, your, what, you know, what people have done wrong to you, what they're still doing wrong to you, the ways you haven't been recognized, served, loved? Or do you see Jesus with his arms out saying, come. I'm going to call you out on the, on the waves. <laughs> and you're going to discover that all of this is irrelevant and that I am. Too many of us are living uninspired lives, overwhelmed by the lies and the pain of hell, and we need to turn our attention and repent and refocus on Jesus, and we need to be inspired, to live inspired. And our I can'ts no longer need to be the definition of our life. It doesn't matter whether you can or can't. God can. And because he can, you can. Because he is, you are. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. You are the light of the world. That's what you've become. So, so guys, what would this world look like if each one of us here stopped being overwhelmed by the wind and the waves of our life and the real pain that we may be in and instead we focused on Jesus? When something of God and his movement towards us ignited something of us that just burns brightly in the darkness. We refuse to focus on the, 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 the fear and the wind and the waves and the storms and all that we can't control. And we are consumed by the, the upward call of God, the joy of our salvation. What would happen in this world if every one of us here lived an inspired life? I'm telling you what would happen. Other people would be inspired. 
Now, in this story, the, the scripture says that, that Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I'm not going to criticize the man too much. He walked on water. I have not. And when he was going down, guess what? He was inspired again because he said, Lord, save me. He didn't just have a mouthful of water as he's going down yelling, ah, inspired. Something of God, even in that moment, in, in his heart said, Jesus will not abandon me because I've failed here. Jesus will not turn away from me because I didn't get this right. And he cries out and, and the hand of, of Jesus reaches out and, and Peter's walking on the water again. And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. It never lasts, and neither will your pain, and neither will your despair, and neither will your hopelessness. Some of you here this week have considered taking your own life, because the pain's too great, you want it to end, and you just don't want to live anymore. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, the wind will die. It will not last. He said, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Why didn't you trust my heart? Those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. And that's what's at stake for you and I living as an ordinary church or as an inspired church. For you living in your pain and in the struggle of your family and its dysfunction because every family has it. It's not only will you be inspired, but will you be the inspiration of God that inspires others because other people's lives will be changed for better or for worse by your hearing what God says and trusting what God says and doing what God says. If you believe you have been saved, you are being saved, you will be saved, so why live captive to the winds and the waves and the fear and all the losses that we think can happen to us in time. Eternity has come. And if you and I choose to live inspired, we will inspire others, and that is glory. Isaiah 61 says, arise and shine, for your light has come. It's time to stop wallowing in the dark and in the pain and in self-pity. It's time to arise. Get up. Stand up. Rise up with the inspiration of God. You may not feel like it. You may not think you can do it, but you can. Because God, the creator, is willing to recreate all of the possibilities that you and I might have thrown away in our sin. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord arises on you. You are not abandoned. You are not, you are not uh, so far gone that the, that the creator cannot recreate life in you. See, the darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. Yeah, it's there, and that's your choice. Uh, that's the alternative for each one of us. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. How will you respond? Be inspired. Shift your focus from the pain of your wounding to the joy of your salvation, and make 2020 the year of your beginning. 
The year where daily something of God ignites something in you and all of the the work of hell cannot put out the fire of God that it is burning in your life. And all of the lies of hell cannot cannot overshadow, all of the darkness cannot overshadow the, the light of glory that's emanating from your obedience, from your surrender, from your trust. I don't know how to put it any other way except to say that not one of us here has any excuse for staying down. And if Christ is here, there's not one of us that has any reason to continue to look back there to the hurt and the bitterness and the wounding and the rejection. Shift your focus. Eyes on Jesus. Make a decision to allow all that is in the heart and the love of God to inspire you. Trust something that God has revealed to you specifically. There is something that God has spoken profoundly in your life. It may be 20 years ago. It may have been Tuesday. But there there are things that God has specifically spoken to you and is speaking even now that you need to listen to in this moment and you need to trust and now you need to do what God says. So in the name of Jesus, my prayer is that we will let ourselves be inspired. Father God, I pray against the power of the darkness over the church at Severn Run, over our lives as individual, whether it is cancer, whether it is loss, whatever it is, Father, we shift our eyes to Jesus. And we will answer our call out onto the waves. We will not waste our lives worrying about the the things we cannot control. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this room and that each one of us would choose today to lay down our darkness and our wounding and that we would shift our focus to the healing of our salvation. Father, inspire your people to be inspired. I pray in these moments that like Jesus, you will go to God and let him fill you.